So next we have best narrative, mm. which is another combination category. This is a mixture of like best writing, best story, best dialogue, best kind of overall. Yeah, best like delivery of its story. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of things that can be involved in that. Yeah. So what we got? Yeah, the Red Strings Club, Return of the Obra Dinn, God of War, Spider Man, The Quiet Man. <laughs> Red Dead, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 and Quarantine Circular. Yes. Is that the name of that game? Is Quarantine yes. Circular? Subsurface Circular was the last one. Oh, right. That's why I'm confused. I did exactly the same thing. Yeah. I wrote the sentence. I was like, is that the right one? Yeah. Um, is there nothing else we really need to add to this? I think that was kind of it. That's kind year. of it for stories. Like, it wasn't a huge story year. Yeah. Really. Like, I, I wish I could put Dang and Ronpa on it, but yeah, I can't. Um, so Red Strings Club is there because I really wanted some cyberpunk this year, and Red Strings Club is... You got re- that and Exapunks. <laughs> yeah, but like traditional cyberpunk. Mm. Rain and neon and long yeah. coats. Mm. Um, Red Strings Club delivered on a lot of that, and is actually a really interesting mechanic for delivering its story, where the main character runs a bar called Red Strings Club, and Rather than just being a bartender, he's also a um, information merchant. Mm. He knows he, he, he knows regu- things. He has regulars in the bar who tell him things, and then sells those things to other people who might need them. Um, and the way he does it is that there's a bartending mini game basically in it. Whenever someone comes to the bar, and you play on whatever emotions they are currently feeling, mm. you, you basically make a cocktail based on targeting those emotions right. to then pull information out. And it starts very easily as like, oh, this person's obviously <clears throat> not happy with some part of their life. Yeah. So you you kind of you make the category, the, only one option and you build a cocktail for that. But there's a couple of them is like, it's one of these five things, like based on the conversation you've had, build a cocktail that makes sense for these. And yeah. Extract the information. And all that stuff's really, really cool. And then there's the kind of overall story with the kind of android rebellion and there's there's the ai stuff the whole thing is is kind of just genuinely good yeah. cyberpunk story wrapped up in some really cool dialogue sure. as well that's really well written actually um Oberdin's interesting where the story itself is i think it's i think i talked about this in the podcast but when you actually piece the whole thing together like the story of the Oberdin is fuck me that boat had a hard journey like that's the yeah. story there was a lot of shit yeah and the whole st- the, the the kind of the goal being like how did all these people die is core of it yeah but whether that counts as narrative i think me, i think the me, power the power of Oberdin is the way that it tells its story yeah, more i think than that's why it's on there it's the yeah. mechanics of like here's a way for you to tell a story purely based on these vignettes like static yeah. vignettes it's it's story through player discovery is a very hard thing to do when yeah. any player can do anything totally. but when you present them with a set of rules and a mystery yeah. the player will inevitably want to solve that mystery so i i may, I may be shoot myself in the well i may be this may want it to take it off the list but mm. the ending the actual ending of that game yeah was surprising and not in a good way mm. where so the the book that you're filling out um, we've talked a lot about this game on the podcast, yeah. so you know, back and listen to see what it's all about. The book that you're filling out um, with everyone, there's a chapter that's basically locked in that book that says, like, this chapter you'll fill out when you go back to shore after yeah. you leave the boat. 
I know oh, is that the, the the bit at the back that's like when you filled out like, the rest of it. But it's in the middle. It's in between yeah. two chapters. Um, it's in between like the last and sec and third to last chapter. It's right in yep. there. Um, and to get the final ending when it rains on the boat, signal the like you've seen it. You now have all the information. You can just do this. If you fill out everyone else in the book and then leave the boat and go back to shore, you get another section where you're at a desk in a house and your your house housemaid or your person looks after the house housekeeper your housekeeper says hey there's a package for you and the, the this does the thing where it's like the black screen you just hear it through audio like hey all oh, right it's just the words on the screen yeah. thing yeah like hey there's a package for you she dumps it and on and the, the package and then it cuts back and it's it's packages on the table in front of you and it's the book and a, a, a shriveled hand on the table and you're like the f- yeah what is all this and you touch the book or you go you go and get the stopwatch thing yeah Hover over the book, and the book takes you back, and it basically fills in the the chapter in the middle. A couple of extra vignettes of like, here's where the chest ended up, here's where the captain was for some section where he just disappears. Right. It fills in a little bit of story, but the problem with that is that like, when I saw that ending, where I just like I backed my way to, to sure, the final sure. ending because yeah. I didn't want I couldn't do the star ones. Um, I saw it ending. I was like, huh, okay. Like, I think I know what's, what was going on. That extra section hasn't really added much to it. Mm. Have I missed something? And then I went back and looked at a couple of articles. And like, Here's the story of Oberdin in chronological order as it happened. I was like, oh yeah, I basically got it right. Yeah. And that epilogue didn't do much. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was weird. like, oh, okay, that's strange. Fair. Yeah. But the, the cool thing was like, they give you these three items. These three items are sent to you. Um they're involved in these final scenes and a hand is from the the first, captain's first mate who hand in the chest and is like and lo- like ripped it off him basically yeah. and because it's connected to the moment he died there's an insinuation that that person knows about the power of the stopwatch so that he removed his own hand so that that could then be the story of the boat could then be told and it's okay. I, I, I was not some of that may be conjecture on my part yeah, yeah. but like that's what it felt like sure I will say though there was a moment where I should have actually written the best moment like it wouldn't have won it wouldn't have won yeah, yeah. but there's a great moment where um, one of the things you have to find uh, one of the people you find is um, so you have for every person you have to find what their name is how they were killed and who killed them yeah uh, or if they escape, or if they're if they're still if they're alive, missing, and yeah. where they are is the other thing. Um, and there's a name that you get the name, but you're like, well, it looks like they just ride off in a boat. So yeah. How the fuck am I supposed to know where they are? Like, there's no clues or anything like this. And then I was looking one of the guides that you can get. I think it's linked on Steam. It's like a hints guide. It's like yeah. three levels of hints here of like if you're stuck. One of them is like, it's in the book. Just read it looking through the book and you get to the very very first page of the book with the letter that says like please do this for the 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 yeah, like the handwritten letter that's part of it that's like here's part of the ship signed this dude 
So the guy who escaped is the ah, guy that sent you the sent you the book. So you know his name, you know where he is because you know where it came from, right? And it filled in that whole section. So it was using the book in like this other third way that you didn't really get. It was it was kind of cool. Um, God of War is just like God of War is a really good story. It's a really like, good start to finish. Yeah, a really complete, solid story with like good twists, solid turns, good action. Like it's just. All round good story, and there's also really, like, really as a uh, kind of big fan of like Norse myth and totally. Norse stories. The the cool version that they do on a lot of the stories, specifically with people like Balder and with people like Freya, yeah, is really cool. Well, because you, because you, I remember when we were finishing, you'd worked out the twist with Atreus earlier. Yeah, I you figure you can figure it out pretty quickly if, if you know you're, if you're up on your Norse yeah. So if you're, if you're up with uh, Norse myth. You know that Loki's full name in Norse myth, Loki Lofri's son. Yeah. Which, when uh, Kratos talks about his wife, calls her Fae, yeah. which is <clears throat> short for Lofri, so you kind yeah. of get it from there. Because I think that one of the moments in the like the Pillar of Light scene, someone calls her Lofri. Yeah. yeah. And the second I went like that, and I went, "Oh, it's Loki, right? That's fine." Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a really cool story. That the the twist at the end, I thought was really cool. I saw, I knew it was coming, but yeah, I still yeah. thought it would be a cool thing for people well. to know. And as somebody who didn't know it yeah. that well, like the kind of slow drip feed of like, wait, what is happening yeah. here was was pretty good. And also, like, it says a lot that it was well done. Where the section of the game where Atreus is being moody didn't yeah. grate me as much as it could. Yeah, sure. Partly, I mean, partly because I felt like at that point it was kind of warranted. And also, yeah. like, he was enough of a character at that point that was like, they, it felt like it was, it, it felt, it, it worked and didn't feel kind of like we're falling back on the tropes of Moody Teenager. Like, it felt, no, it, it felt was well done. Yeah, it felt, it felt like that character had a right to be like totally. that. Yeah. Um, I really like having um, Mimir with you the entire time. He was great. He's he's amazing voice acting. I also say, like and, at this yeah. point, 2018 was a good year for Scottish voice actors. Yeah, it was. It seemed like every game I played had at least one who was either doing a very, very good accent or yeah. was Scottish. Yeah, Mimir was. Up Mimir there. is an excellent one. The 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 group of people from the you know, Kuni Two who are also Scottish. Mm. The weird druidic people are also pretty good. Yep. Um, but yeah, having Mimir with you the entire time, who is there to not only act as like a combat help thing of like calling people out yeah. but as a the world flusher yeah there for lore purposes Here's the history of the world yeah yeah here let me tell you about jormungandr and all that sort yeah, of yeah. things like all these is a really a really good idea because again if you know like the norse myth where odin keeps mimir's head alive to yep. tell him secrets really good yep. kind of flip of that um I, I think for me like it succeeds because i didn't it sounds really bad but i didn't hate atreus and I no. think that's an accomplishment because, like, it's very easy to write children children characters badly. And even even like the little bits of like the first time you have the a combat sequence with Atreus and you like do like some like horrific smash on the last game and he's like, "Dad, I think you got." Yeah, was like even that was pretty funny. It's, he's yeah, he's a he's a very well written character. And, and like, the, the scenes he, he develops and grows yeah. very well throughout and the, the whole the scenes story. On the, and again, like, like the, the other part of why we use best narrative rather than just like writing, yeah. is the execution of the narrative, like the amount of work that must have gone into planning the ability for your for a story that you're telling on a boat, 
go between an action scene. So, like, you'll yeah. tell a story on the boat, you'll get up to the shore, and Kratos will be like, finish this later. Yeah. You'll do a whole small side quest thing and get back on the boat. And she's like, where was oh, I? tell me more about yeah. the thing. And he'll cut back into it. Like, there was one other game that this year did that. Was... I think Red Dead's pretty good at it as well. Yeah, Red Dead does it too. But um, the way they've recorded those lines and the way that they can basically pick up from any line and it sounds right yeah. is supremely really, impressive. Yeah. And it's one of those subtle things that is immensely diff- probably immensely difficult to pull off. Yeah. But if it works, it, you just don't notice it. I guess, yeah, it's one of these like really subtle things that and espe- you wouldn't... Especially in a game that's all about like where it's important to know the lore of the world. Yeah. It's, also, it's, a, it's, a, it's a game kind of explicitly about like stories and like mm. the the yep. power of like legend and all yep. that like gods and and it, it solves that problem that i've always had in those games where it's like i don't want to land this boat in case there's more dialogue yeah and it just but you know like, you're no, gonna get we'll, it we'll get yeah. you there it's fine don't worry about it um i really enjoyed that yep um spider-man's an interesting one spider-man's just a great superhero story it, is, <laughs> it is very much one of those stories yeah but i think the the, the thing that pulls it off for me is like the animation of the characters yeah and like totally. actually you know what the moment um the moment with the the middle ceremony where that oh with the explosion turn, yeah. like that went darker than i expected yeah, it to it goes like, real dark i did not expect them to just kill that character off yeah and be like no this is how this goes like this is yeah gotcha um, i really I, I like that they they didn't fall into the trap of having to do a spider-man origin story totally like when you arrive at that story he has been Spider-Man for years, yep. or like a couple of years at this point, and so is very familiar with everything. But you also do get an or- a pseudo-origin story in Miles. Miles. Yeah. So you get both so you get the, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, you, you get the, the kind of the side origin of like, this this other character that isn't the main character is going through his own stuff. Yeah. Leads to him being into Spider-Man as yeah. opposed to this other person where you're stepping into the shoes. Yeah, yeah. And just, like like from the very first thing in that movie, where uh, the movie, game where... You jump off a building and you're swinging. Like it's totally. just that yeah. reflected in the story, where it's just like you're ready to go. You're a Spider-Man. Sinister Six show up. Yeah, Silver Sable. A lot of the other up. things, like I think that's the the weaker part of this for me is like all of the kind of Sinister Six stuff. Yeah, was very kind of rote, mm. um, superhero stuff. Yeah, they, because they, that's actually not the what it's about. Heroes breaking out of the um oh Christ what the fridge what's it called yeah the fridge fridge okay yeah the heroes bre- the the villains breaking out of that. Yeah. Jail is has been done a billion times in the yeah. comic books because it's the easiest way of going. Here's all these supervillains. It, it it was weird that it was well, not weird. Like it was, I understand why they were there. Yeah, from a gameplay point of view, but like for me, the the villain part of that stuff was like the fall of Doc Ock. Yes, and being like, yeah, he, like watching him turn. Yeah, he because because anyone was the most interesting thing about anyone him. who's like familiar with spider-man lore like knows who he is the second he's introduced yeah so you're like the second his name is he says his name is octavius exactly. you know who and you're he like is, so or... how does he get from yeah this to that yeah and you see that happen really really well and it makes sense and it's yeah, yeah. The, the, the only other thing for me that was a minor issue for me was like i kind of didn't like i wasn't a huge fan of uh bits of uh and Mary Jane's relationship like oh sure there was like I liked the original thing of like oh this whole story is about them like they've done the breakup yeah and they're gonna like this is them dealing we've with being it, grown ups yeah. but like and I understand it is part of the Spider-Man character yeah but like you're moping about it 
was handled quite there's a couple i really like the moment where he's he's upside down with the text conversation that's really good screen. yeah I was that bit's say that. really good yeah. but also like the bit which is like he's constantly trying to win her back and yeah. it's like you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot with your own message here and this is not like a good yes this is not a good look for you or like anybody like, in yeah this like situation. you don't you don't actually want to say like no 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 if you just persevere it'll be fine like no like it's done yeah like stop you need to move past it yeah um one of, one of the little things that I liked, um, which is like conveying a story thing, was uh, when you, you, you're you constantly talking on the phone in that game, yeah. like to, to different people around the city. The thing that I liked is a tiny little thing, but I thought it was so good, where if you're having a conversation while swinging, yep. Peter sounds like he's struggling. Yeah. Like he has the kind of hold back in yep. his voice because he's swinging on the rope. Or if you're fighting at the same time. Or if time. you're fighting. But if you're sat still on a roof, he talks perfectly normally. It's just a little and again, tiny it's thing. Kind of like, it's like the God of War moment where like, that's double the work Yeah, for such a minor thing that you, have you might have to record to. Yeah. It's a gr- but it's a great It's an awesome moment. moment. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, Quiet Man. Nope. Let's talk about nope. that. Nope. <laughs> um, Red Dead. Okay. Does that follow? So, here's what I'm going to say about Red Dead. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 has some of the best acting, voice acting, yep. has some of the best character work, has yep. some of the best character development, has one of the best stories that has been told in video games. Okay. The way it tells it is complete dog shit. Yep. Because it tells basically the entire story in two to three chapters. You didn't need the first yeah, It's not chapters. that you didn't need it. It's it that was, everything that was in those first few chapters are so minor. Yeah. And it's all about... Those first few chapters are about you watching Dutch and watching Arthur's reaction to Dutch. The, the, the thing that matters later is how that changes. The important thing is all at the end where Dutch has become a monster and like kills people for no reason and does all that bad stuff and how Arthur reacts to that. Like There's a bit in the later chapters where... You go to one of Leviticus Cornwall's like oil plantations yeah. and burn it to the ground right. for basically no reason. Right. Um, well, it's kind of a reason where Dutch is like playing the Native Americans against the army, but it's a weird thing. Right. But you get into a situation where Arthur's trapped and Dutch walks away and doesn't help him. So Arthur gets out because one of the Native Americans helps him and goes to Dutch on the outside and says, you left me. And Dutch just goes, oh, no, I didn't. And Arthur... He's just so in his own world. He has just... no idea how to react to that, so he doesn't. He doesn't call him out. He doesn't say anything. He just moves on because yeah. he's so his his head is so fucked at that moment. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. But again, that only works because of like two or three scenes from the first four chapters of the game yeah. that are just like little things that are thrown in about the group and about Dutch and about yep. the relation to like Hosea and all that stuff. Like as like I was saying to the both of you before, if that game was. Like, the first couple of hours of the first chapter, like, one bit out of chapter three, the end of chapter four, and then chapter six and yeah. seven, great. Like, it, solid story. It, like, tie, it ties a lot into, like, my problems with Red Dead, is, like, nobody at any point in that process said no to anything. No. It's, it's kind of like, things. them, the Housers and David Cage are two people who desperately need editors somebody to come in and say like how about we not do this terrible story david I think david case just needs an editor incentive to take all the stuff and put it in a fire just like, maybe that's the editor is like no no david no, no. um 
Don't make the android sit at the back of the bus. That's no, a bad, don't put no, the androids in the bus. Over here. Don't make them write, we have a dream on the wall, No, 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 that's not, yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, it feels like that game did not need to be the size it did, or the no. length it did. It feels like it's padding it. Yeah, they, it, they I think they're, they're giving, because a lot of the stuff that happens in the story is unlocking side stuff. Yeah. You're unlocking like there's a lot of places that. to sell your wagons yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Here's fishing, fishing here's... and all that stuff. The like, fishing scene's great. I love the fishing. But scene, there's, but... but it also does like at the the fishing scene is the first time where it's like, as far as you're concerned, the mission is like take thingy uh, Jack Jack fishing. Yeah. You're like cool. Let's go learn fishing with Jack and let's interact with Jack. Yeah. And then it, that's the first point where that story turns and it's yeah. like the Pinkerton. And show that's up. a great moment. And it's an yeah. awesome, awesome moment. But once you burn that. The lead-in to the end of chapter three, where you have to move, yeah. is another one of those, let's go rustle the cattle, and is, then that leads into the, the fight in Valentine, which then leads into them having to leave. Is is the end of, are you talking about the end of chapter three or end of chapter two? The point where you have to move from the overpass, the overlook, the other base. On the first time? Yeah, the first oh, time you right, have to okay, move. sure, that's the end of chapter one. But again, that starts, oh, from, true, true. that starts from like, let's go rustle these cattle, yeah. to... Oh shit! In the chapter leave. three, yeah. and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, and it's one of the. It's like you can you can only really do that once. Like it's the quiet moment from Metal Gear Five, where you're like, I'm doing a side up, boom! No, you're not. Yeah, like that works once, but if you keep doing yeah. that, it's not the same. As, yeah, but yeah, you're totally right. Um, that nar- the narrative falls apart when they tell it so slowly. Yeah, yeah. but it is amazing. Like well, yeah, that, that, that story that's told sounds, is so amazing. Great. And it's acted so well, sure. and it's yeah. There is every, everything except how they tell that story is amazing. Yeah. It's just how they tell that story really hinders totally. it so badly. And the fact that they put they put Guarma, they put Chapter Five right when that story kicks off, right when that story just gets to knock good. You back down again. At the end of Chapter Four, when that bank heist in San Diego is wrong, and Josea dies, and Lenny dies, yeah. and everything starts to go wrong, and everything unravels, and uh, Dutch starts to go nuts. That's really when he starts to go insane. Yeah. And then you get on that boat to Cuba and you get caught in the storm and you're in Gorma for two hours. Such a pace killer. Totally. And there's only like one moment in that that I think they can reflect on the rest of the story. And it's a moment where Dutch kills a native woman for like no reason. Right. Like just chokes her out and like slams her head against the right. wall. And like you you go to him and say what the hell are you doing and he said oh he was she was going to betray us couldn't you tell right. and Arthur goes no so it's the the, that, only, bit, the it's... only bit that I see I saw was again just at Christmas um the swamp section which I hadn't seen any of hmm. there's a scene where like you're supposed to get your I I don't know what the setup for it was but you basically go into this big house and kidnap this dude yeah um, the Braithwaite thing yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then you you're on the boat escaping. And like he gives you mouth and like offers the rest of the thing like oh, I'll oh pay no you that's take... um that's thingy the the crime lord yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And he know. says like oh I'll pay anyone who'll kill Dutch here and nobody turns Angelo Bronte yeah that's his name and Dutch just fucking drowns, drowns him in the him. swamp yeah yeah and you're like where the fuck so, yeah, did that come from the, the again the interesting thing about that is like the the Angelo Bronte thing is like that's a character that Dutch kind of looks up to right whereas like you meet him and he has a lot of money. Right. But he's done it all through crime. He's what, but he's still respected in the city. He's what Dutch wants to be. He's what Dutch wants to be. And he like invites them to a party at the mayor's house right. and they go and live in high society and Dutch is of course like taken with him. But then he immediately flips and is just like obviously he can't stand it because he doesn't like anybody who's got more power than him yeah, or more money course. than him. So it kills him for like no reason. Right. And at the end of that scene, John is the person that says, like, 
I think the line is like, where in your philosophy does it say That's what it is, yeah. drowning a man is good? And he says... It doesn't. It, it, says, it says something like, it's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's great. Right. But also, and... there's a real... There's a real... Again, it's the strong moments of that game, but there's a... That scene that I watched, again, without any of the backstory, yeah. where, like, Dutch is, like, right up in this dude's face and drowns him. Yeah. And nobody says anything. Yeah. Until he's back on the boat and they're established he's dead and that there's nobody else watching yeah. that's the point where everyone goes the fuck yeah, yeah. like they are entirely behind him until the moment that yeah. until they're on their own and it's like dude what the fuck yeah um it was good yeah um quentin circular is on here like that's not gonna it's not gonna win any yeah. of these but it's a cool story like i heard what the story was it right was interesting. It's, so yeah. the, the, the setup is that like you there's been a, a plague um that's wiped out a lot of the human race and is wiping out continually to wipe out more and more of it it's waterborne so you're on a research station offshore on a little platform yeah um doing research the first character you play as is like just like the mechanic um and the whole thing the whole thing is dialogue and it works using the text of um the way subsurface circular did because everyone's speaking a different language and the universal translator yeah seeing all this happen and the story turns up that like set up this initial thing and then someone falls from the sky and it's an alien yeah and he gets off the ship and was like i know how to solve the plague but i'm trapped here and uh i'm doing this against they basically fill in the kind of this this sci-fi story that you've kind of heard before and it's a little bit mass effect of like there is a group out there of a bunch of aliens who are basically the council for mass effect and they're like right yeah. and they're like we're watching the humans but they fuck this bad so oh is it like is it like that we want them to join the no galactic... it's like we can't interfere because all oh, they... right okay we sure. can't let them know we're here yeah we can't in case this thing transfers to us yeah they're on their own they fuck this this is their bed let them sleep yeah, in. yeah. and then this guy is uh the guy the, the alien who crashes is a um part of a group that's been watching the humans is like we can fix this we mm. know how to fix this but we're going against the council and we're going against like every universal rule out there yeah we have to do this silently and get the fuck out yeah so this dude crashes to earth and is like i know how to solve this thing but i need cover for when these dudes appear because they're right. on their way and you have a limited amount of time sure but and the, the way the narrative works is there's a couple of branches in there as well of like how you, basically how you incubate the solution to the phage mm. of like he can do it to himself which will not which will take him out after yeah. he's helped all of you and then you've lost contact with everyone up there right now that you know that they exist yeah um there's like you can sacrifice yourself the doctor can get involved but you're a robot no no you're in a suit you're in oh, a, you're in a, suit. You're in a okay. hazmat, hazmat suit they, 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 everyone is human the only right okay. alien in a suit as well. i'm getting confused between subsurface again yeah 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 um there's a whole bunch of stuff in there but the, the reason why I wrote it, one of the main reasons I wrote it on was not just because of the, the varying paths and like some of those decisions in there are real well done. Yeah. But also the, the initial conversation between you as just like this, as an engineer on the platform, like you just fix shit. Yeah. But you're the first person that interacts with the alien. Uh, okay. Because you're fixing the shield that's around it or something right. like that. And there's this cool moment of like watching the ai work out how to translate this language it's never heard before yeah so trying these words and it's coming back and like there's a section in the middle where you teach it how to rhyme like oh, literally yeah. like what rhyming is because their language doesn't have it and you're oh. doing it through this universal it's just really well written sure. it's what that game does 
It's the one thing that game does, and it does it really, really well. Um, I just really like that. Yeah. That the writing in that. So. So. What do we think? I think we need to sort the Red Dead problem, and then oh, that's else not will, that's no, not no. in. Okay. The, everything I'm saying about how good that is is killed by how badly it okay. tells it. Like, Fair I I. I love the story that it tells, and I I would love talking to people about it, about all the little things in that story. I think if this was like best story, yeah, but narrative includes execution. Yes, and so. the execution is very poor. Okay, so I so I mean this is for me this is God of War. Yes, this is probably Oberdin. Yes, I agree. The the well this, the well the sto- it- well the story itself is very basic yeah the way it tells it is so novel and it's is... it's surprising as well because it starts like it's it i mean it does the lucas pope thing of like it takes such a mundane like i've tried to explain this game to people if you do it literally you end up saying that like okay so you're an insurance adjuster in 1876 yeah. and you have to go on board and work out the final tap the final death uh, cost, of the death yeah. for the, and you're like the fuck but then once you get in it and like after the first initial couple of like oh the, there was a yeah. mutiny the the first couple of bodies that you check where it's like the captain killing the first mate and stuff really gives you a really good idea of how that game works and yeah. where the narrative yeah. direction is going totally. um so yeah i'm yeah the way that it tells that story is really novel and then it's when it then it's when the kraken appears and you're like oh fuck yeah. right so yeah the, the the chapter after that when you go down one deck and you see the tentacles coming yeah. through is... so then when you go down another deck and the spider creatures appear and you're like what the fuck yeah. happened and then so the other thing i'll say like in terms of talk about narrative there's a section when um you're in the the hold of the, the boat and there's sort of two moments you're in the hold of the boat and um the memory kind of disappears and goes into a room where there's no body oh the little f- sprite thing yeah the but, sprite yeah. goes in and it goes into one of the back rooms and there's no body and stops yeah and you're like well what the fuck you know there's a moment where like as you're panning around when you point Thing at a body it chain it flicks open yeah i'm just like i have the thing i'm just kind of scanning around the room i go to one of these barrels and it flicks open yeah like, fuck you hit it there was a, a a person trying to um hike not hitchhike but like stow stow away away. on the boat and hid in a barrel yeah get on the boat and it cuts to like before the ship's left port and it's like them loading the barrels on and one of the guys, I don't think you got to this stage, but there's a section from a couple of chapters before of like, your fault, my brother's dead, which mm. is a really good, useful, like, oh, so that's his brother, right? Yeah. Okay. But it go, jumps back to this section and they're, they're dropping all these barrels into the hold and the rope snaps and it kicks these barrels down. And the moment it kicks in is the barrel hitting the floor. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so I've never seen what this guy looks like ever, uh, but he's named and there. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit. But, now that you know him, that has happened. And when you get there, there's a body over there. And that goes literally three seconds before as the thing crashes down, Balls takes out the, the guy. Uh, like, oh, fuck. Right. right okay. um, Clever. It's super fucking smart. So then the other the other part of this is there's a, there's a section where the body else that leads you out onto the deck of the boat. Yeah. And there's three bodies appear next to each other wrapped Boat. like more t- care has been taken than just like remain three bodies there <laughs> you, you use the stopwatch on one of them and you're just in the middle of the sea yeah with two rowboats like just in the middle there's no boat there's no big boat oh. it's two rowboats in the middle and there's like fucking mermaids and the chest is there and the two um 
Asian passengers that are oh, there. Yeah, yeah. They're there shouting shit in Chinese at each other. And uh. you're just like, what the fuck happened? And you're just walking along over the surface of the water, like looking yeah. round and different. Yeah. Well done. What's the third? Um, God. Like I said, I like a lot of things about Spider-Man. Yeah. But for me, it's like, it's a super... It's a it's, it's one of just a superhero super story. I yeah. just really like what Red Strings Club did in this really small... That's, yeah, it sounds like that has a cool story to tell and a cool way of doing it. A cool it. way of doing like, it. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with that top three. And again, because... variations on it as, um, go a couple of different ways as yeah. well. That in, so it's God of War, Oberdin, and the Red Strings Club. Yep. Um, it's probably God of War. I would agree. I think. The, the, ba- the, the story of Return of the Oberdin is a really cool narrative Anic. device, yeah. but not a great story. Sure. It's a very... Red Strings, Red Strings Club has both, where it's a cool mechanic and a cool story, so told. Yeah, oh, totally. Um, it's just, it's it's not as... God of War has so much. It like, does. And again, it's, it's, the, it's the perpetual problem we have in doing these these words, right? Is yeah. that like, yeah, I mean, of course, the God of War has the better thing because it has a AAA budget and can do all of that. Yeah. But I think even... Outside, even outside of that, they they've gone above they've and gone beyond. Above beyond. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think I'm fine with that. With, with not just like the main story, but all of the side stuff, the amount of just sheer lore and mythology yeah. that they put but, into that, and, and the also way that they... not being a slave to the mythology, like taking it, and doing their own stuff with no, it. No, like like I say, the, like, the, the the stories that they choose to pick from, specifically like Balder. I'll keep coming back to Balder. Mm. Is an amazing inversion on what that character is. Um, yeah, for sure. Okay. And how he dies and all that. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Uh, cool. Okay. So that is God of War is the best narrative with Return of the Oberdin and the Red String Club as thumbs up. Yep. Sounds good. Cool. So then we have our nod to the rest of the world and <laughs> the most important news, which yeah. is a very pretentious title. But... This is just like the thing that we that outside of a specific game we talked a lot about this yeah, year or I think true. was important to the medium as a whole I've just remembered what this first thing is about yeah uh, so we have the start of the Overwatch League or yep. the Owl as it's called Owl uh, the Cyberpunk 2077 reveal which oh my fucking god yeah yeah uh, the arena net firings IGN plagiarism Rockstar's 100 hour work weeks closing of Telltale and the launch of the Epic Store yeah now, the return of the Overwatch League, is this just the DJ Khaled concert? Is that the... I completely forgot about that. Oh, no. really? No, no, no. <laughs> For me, this is the... That was funny as hell. It was so good. But, it was uh, so great. No. I've never seen an entire arena more dead to what the hell is going on on stage than watching... Was it better or worse than uh, the guy that did the the Rage 2 concert at the... Andrew WK? Yeah. About the same. Was it about the same? Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, because in the Andrew WK concert, there looked about two people that were into it. Yeah. And about the Owl, there were about two people that were into it. Okay. Whereas everybody else was just like, okay. Every time DJ Khaled did his song and said like, and put your hands up, no one put their hands up. Nobody put their hands up. Yeah, okay. It was so great. That's fair. Sorry, what were you actually talking about? For me, it was like, this felt like, as a person who doesn't really watch a lot of esports, like, it felt like the most legitimate esports has ever got where like yes. it was very blizzard presentation yeah like it blizzard, was so clean blizzard like. putting their presentation and their like literally money uh, behind 
making this thing look good yeah. and presentable and doing like and do, so try at least attempting if not successfully attempting to solve some of the problems that esports has to a wider audience who just are used to sports yeah. where it's like okay this is the London team. Yeah, like, none of these, city names. None um, of these people are from London, but yeah. it's a London team that you can root for because you're from London. Called the Spitfires. London Spitfires. Yeah. What's the new one that's pink? I can't remember. They the launched the, the new team this yeah. year. Is it Singapore, I think? Maybe. I can't, I can't remember. remember. But like they, they started to make roads into like, here's how we do this in a way that people who don't watch yeah. sports can get into. And like they still have some problems to solve, like, um, like transfer windows and that kind of stuff, yeah, which yeah. is like... And also, there are there are wider esports conversations about like how do you maintain a team, yeah, and like fair pay and all these kind of stuff. Yeah, but like, is the closest that it feels like <clears throat> excuse me, sports have come to like being a thing that you could be on ESPN or yeah, like, totally sports. You could see you could see like ESPN two saying like, here's the Houston was it Excelsior versus London Spitfires oh. and and the presentation was good and it felt like it was, it was a watchable the, the thing. presentation was like super clean yeah. like it was just the fact really really distinct colors like, the fact that they got team colors on the models in yeah. the game and yeah it was almost legible as to what was happening which yeah is diff- difficult very difficult yeah like all, part of this also was almost like hey Blizzard bought a stadium yeah they got year. the Blizzard stadium there's now a Blizzard stadium yeah which is ridiculous um Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven this is both parts of this for me. Right. This was the E3 reveal. Yeah. Which was like, oh shit. With this that, is that song. With and... that tr- with that hyper track. Yeah. Um, and uh, just the this is everything I wanted it to be yeah. moment. Of it was like, yeah. It was the same for me, but it was that tacked on with them saying this is the people that made the witcher 3 totally and now look what they're doing yeah i went oh this is the most <laughs> ambitious thing that and it's yeah. exactly it looked the way it did it wanted it to look it looked like it was dealing with the parts of cyberpunk that you don't normally get that you want it's the it's yeah it's the it's the the perfect parts of cyberpunk which are the most interesting which is yeah. the whole corporate dynamic and so like, little guy versus the big guy well, and yeah like no shit i watched that trailer like 20 30 times oh yeah to get oh, as yeah. much out of it as i could yeah so there was that at E3. Yep. Then, like, as you listened to outlets talk about the live, the demo they saw. Oh, yeah. And then being like, people that don't exaggerate this stuff were going like, no, people need to see this You need this to thing. see what this is, yeah. And then feeling that, like, because of what happened to the Witcher 3 demos originally, yeah. where it changed, as games do, between the trailer and what came out, that like there's no way we're ever going to see this yep. we're just never going to see this thing and it's a waste and it's all your fault yeah <laughs> gamers with a Z. um but then sure enough and then they dropped the actual gameplay trailer they had a, yeah they had a really cool teaser thing for a twitch stream yep. and then sure enough it was like so, an hour long gameplay demo and for me that was like that was a thing because that started the, the the twitch stream yeah started at like four ish hour time four yeah. pm ish hour time and then the gameplay started at six yep and I was like, I was still in work at that point. I was point. at home. Yeah. You were at home. And I, I started watching. I was like, no, fuck this. I switched off the stream. I went home. I got food. And yeah. I sat here and put it on that big screen and watched the whole thing. Yeah. Like start to finish with my wife behind me going, oh, this is cool because it does. And she yeah. doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. But like, it was so cool to actually like, it was such a big event. Yeah. For me. It was a really big moment. And it was like, oh no, here's like. And it, like, it was also, it was a kind of, watching that gameplay trailer was a kind of like, not vilification, but a kind of confirmation that they're treating it right. And it was, like from, it was the, totally, it, 
it was the it was the fact that going through that gameplay demo demo and like looking at all the stuff where it was all everything was corporate advertising everybody was using the right cyberpunk slang Yep. They were like they were talking about like wet work and all all the good cyberpunk things, and then you get shit on in a mission by the corporation. You can also and... you can also see the ties to like no, this looks kind of similar to like the type of stuff they did in Witcher in mm. terms of storytelling. So yeah. they've they're they've, they're taking their own skill set into totally, this. Yeah, and I think the thing for me at the end of that gameplay then was was all of it looked potentially doable like my worry was going to be like we came out of that thing and was like this is the most vertical of vertical slices yeah and this is all of this game that exists yeah but all of that looked like they're showing us like very controlled demo yeah but it feels like it's a thing they could you actually feel, build. yeah you feel like there are more things going on around it that could be and also real it things. felt like felt like they were they were doing the smart thing of building a world they could add bits onto where, like, I think Cyberpunk 2077 is their game for the next five, six, seven years, mm. where they just add stuff onto that world. Sure. Well, I mean, if it's anything like The Witcher 3, the the two DLC expansions for The Witcher 3 are phenomenal. But, like, so I'm talking like... about, it's not even, like, here are the two, which, here's the, like, the season pass that can have these two DLCs. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm imagining, like, there will be a sequel to this game in the same world. Oh, right, sure. Like, that just yeah. adds in a whole chunk of new story on, because they've built this thing. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it was uh, incredible. The firings. That was just like a kind sad of, situation. That was such a depressing situation to watch, and it happened a couple of times this year, especially with the happened again very, very recently with the the Spider Man suit stuff. Where was a company? Okay, this wasn't so much the Spider Man stuff, but like a company reacting very near jerky to a very vocal minority yeah. of people who just like vilify somebody who's not doesn't deserve what happens yeah yeah um and it was depressing to watch them one do it two defend it and three or apologize for it yeah or like say anything because all that oh, they doubled down on it and just... they doubled down on it and all that did from my point of view was give flames to the fire of like anyone who took part in that campaign against those against those two were like this works yeah. we'll do it again yeah and it was really depressing to watch um, um ign plagiarism this uh, was just weird like this, this was, was such a strange moment and it was yeah. bizarre to watch like they kept s- building it was yeah yeah like a site like ign you have let this happen one yeah and then for it to be like no this guy's done this before multiple times and like and we now have to get go through yeah eliminate his entire existence so, and re-review all this stuff that was the other part of this was interesting is like as much as ign may have like the the process might not have been followed for yeah, what, yeah. for what happened here like at least the response was correct yeah where, totally. like yeah and they did the right thing we're basically like well if this guy's done this once basically every bit of criticism he's done is essentially null and void before this point yeah because we have no idea anymore and it was confirmed by people going oh actually this video takes chunks from my other video which yeah. i did and it was just it was such a bizarre thing to still happen oh yeah yeah such a um, weird thing yeah rockstar 100 hour work weeks was... yes yeah, that was the that was like the start of the kind of it was weird it was, like, it, was it was a lot of fuel for a fire for a discussion that was already happening to, yeah yeah like this was always a thing that people knew yeah but it was in the lead up to like the biggest game of the year it was a thing that would like like if that was anyone but rockstar I am reasonably confident that studio wouldn't exist anymore mm. because, like, it was such a huge thing and such a 
it revealed so much about what that show was like culturally. Yeah. And again, it and again, it's not a thing of like. So I I credit a lot of this actually to that Kotaku article that that Stephen Still uh, not Still um Breyer. Breyer yeah. did the work and like talked to a bunch of people yeah. and got the thing got all the the comments from everyone across the globe and all of the studios and the thing that kind of almost the cherry on top of how fucked a lot of this was was it depended which studio you were in depending on how much how fucked you were because of the the labor laws in those countries yeah so like the people that interviewed in the edinburgh office yeah. were like no like we're we're fine like yeah we put in extra work but like we go home at six and it's yeah. fine because as it turns out the scottish labor laws are pretty fucking yeah. good and stop you from doing that yeah. but the the u.s ones not as much and they didn't even get they couldn't even get in contact with i think it was the china one or the india one one of the two we were like fuck knows what that's like yeah. if that's what they're doing but um yeah it really pushed that conversation like even at e3 there was a lot of move towards it was the start of the conversation about unionization yeah and then the telltale thing happened which we'll talk about in a second which added added more to that yeah totally and then the rockstar thing happened which is like no this is like look at what's happening yeah about why we need to do this yeah um and again it was the the kind of the there was almost a there was almost a naivety to how the, the original comments and then the follow-up to those comments just didn't make it any better. Yeah, they really didn't help themselves, like, in any way, where they were talking about, like, the, the lead writer was, like, talking about how it was the core writing team that did it, and then they said something like, we don't we don't expect anybody to work hard. We don't expect anyone that's not us to work hard. Yeah, and you're like, like that's not what you say. No. Like, you were doing yeah. so well, but no. And then also, like... Yeah, like on top of that, and then the the, the part of the Shrey article, which was very very strange, on top of him just getting comments. Yeah, like he got invited into the Rockstar offices, got in a meeting room, and was like, "We've got a bunch of people from around the world. Said they can say whatever they want, yeah, and you can have a Skype call with them while HR's in the corner, yeah." And you're like, "Okay," and you're like, "None of this is like the only re- he says in the article like the only reason I was here is because this is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I just want to see what the fuck would happen mm-hmm. when I did this, and like." the hr people or the press people going like anyone can say whatever they want this is a company white like yeah. that doesn't matter because yeah. these people need their jobs yeah and you're just like they're not obviously not gonna do you're that you're not gonna yeah. do like no, this doesn't bizarre then closing of telltale yeah like most, more stuff on top of the, the union stuff of like here's a company that people internally knew was not doing well yeah but like for them to walk in on a monday or a friday or wherever it was and going none of your jobs anymore your health insurance ends in a month. I know one of you just moved across the country to be here, but the company's no longer here. Yeah, Bye. we don't have a company. Bye. Yeah, and it's like what? Like, and all. Of, and then again, like more reporting and research and all this kind of stuff was like, no, like they had problems for a while. They're financial, and apparently there was like two or three deals fell through. They were just like, yeah, their funding money. deals fell through and stuff. It's just yeah. like super bad management that management don't pay for. Yeah, um, or they don't really affect them as much yeah all these people are now at work and then layered on top of that the skybound skybound who now they picked up the they picked up walking dead um like that whole thing was again like the fucking entitlement of (laughs) 
these people should come in and finish this game out of the love of the game. It's like, oh, yeah, no, the, you don't understand the idiots, how this works. The idiots on the internet are, yeah. Oh, it was so embarrassing. It really was. To, people to should this. finish. People should finish it because they should care about the product. It's like, but no. people also have to eat food. Yeah, like, like they have to pay rent and shit. Yeah. Like, um. So yeah. So it'll be fascinating to see what happens after Walking Dead finishes with Skybound. Like, yeah. Are they just now Skybound Games? The people who they hired to finish? Do they get stepped on? Is on a contract for three games? Like what happens here? Um, And then the launching of the Epic Store, which was fascinating. This was, yeah, this was a whole bunch of things. Yeah, of like Epic coming out and saying, "Hey, we're launching a store. This store is going to have what was it? What's the split? Is it is it eight twenty or sixty forty? 70-30 normally, and they went 80 oh, no, they, they went 88-12. 88-12. Uh, in favour of um, developers, we're only going to take 12%. We can do this because we have all the Fortnite money. Yeah. Uh, we're launching our own store. Better for developers. Hey, you get Subnautica for free. Yeah. And also, you can only get the next Super Meat Boy game, the next Super Giant game. Yeah. A whole bunch of stuff all at once. Yeah. Uh, leading to Steam having to come out and talk about... This was after Steam had come out and talked about their changes. Steam had talked about their specific split change, which was it, they're staying at 70-30 until you hit... It's like over $10 million? Until you make $10 million yeah. and then it changes in developers' favour. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's great, but 99% of people on Steam Aren't don't gonna get that. that. And then the even more fascinating thing after which this... Which was interesting because the, the Steam stuff was purely so that as far as, I mean, the only reason they would do a move specifically like that is to stop yeah, Ubisoft and Activision from... From going to their own stores. Moving stuff off yeah. Steam onto their Which they have already done with Origin, like, so... Like, Call of Duty is no longer on Steam. Yeah. Which seems crazy. Totally. Uh, but, yeah, so it's, it stops people at Ubisoft taking Assassin's Creed away and yeah. Siege and all these other things. Um, and then even more fascinating... Uh... Oh, Christ, what's the name of the thing? GG. No... The other one, Discord. Discord came out with their, I think, ninety ten. No, that split. was GOG. Was that GOG? GOG doing it. So now it's just become. Oh, no, this... wait, sorry, no, maybe it is Discord. I no, think Discord right. was the ninety ten one. I will just check that. Correctly. Um, it's now just become this arms race of various publishers now saying you can get a better deal on our platform. Hey, let's go, and it might. This might be the like final pull of the Jenga piece that means that Steam might topple. Which is? Well, is that? It's it's like it's going to take a while. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, obviously, is Discord is ninety ten. Ninety ten. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like it's going to take some. It's going to take a while, but like there needs to be a legitimate. But this is like to Steam because Steam yeah. has had such free reign to just fuck things up so badly yeah. that it, there needs to be something there that can offer some alternative and put some pressure on. Yeah. But also like. The I don't know if you used the Epic Store yet. Like Apple, not yet, I no. bought Subnautica. Well, not bought. I you got, got for free. Subnautica. Um, like it's does the base stuff like the same way that Origin and yeah, and, um, the UB Store do. Like it does the basic stuff, but like there's no community feature, there's no chat, there's yeah. no friends list. There's it's not no, as all encompassing as Steam friend is. List, but there's 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 features in Steam that they will actual competitor. Yeah. but like having this stuff from the jump is it's a good start, there's and also, they cer- they certainly do have a not captive audience, but a lot of people using their launcher every day and more specifically younger people yes considering the target audience for fortnite and it makes me really angry that you can't get hades anywhere else yeah because i really want to play hades and the fact that when that thing comes out of early access is probably still only going to be on the epic store yep 
Just so no, when it comes out in early access, it's coming to Steam. Oh yes, early access exclusive for good for that. Um, but yeah, it's it's generally a good thing, but as a it's a good thing as a consumer because now people are going to have to make decisions. Steam are going to have to make some decisions, but it does mean that I'm now running or potentially running multiple clients. Four, yeah, like four stores, three of them being company specific. Yeah, like it's kind of crazy. Um, managing four seven friends lists. Yeah, managing all all of the stuff that was yeah, like it's it's kind of a pain. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, it's although for fine. for you like Battle.net is just the Destiny launcher. That's Basically, yeah, the Destiny Overwatch launcher. But also, might like, as well just say Destiny on. <laughs> yeah, but like you even like and, and you look at stuff like Itch. Like, the Itch launcher is actually really good because it's well integrated and it just like yeah, and, but like that's a really good launcher. But like I got I booted up Origin for the first time in forever to do the the. Anthem closed alpha. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, I, I, I booted it up and it immediately crashed because it was so old and I had to reinstall the launcher. <sighs> um, because I hadn't looked. And the same thing happened. That's with the, good. The same thing happened with the Epic launcher. Is I launched that the Epic launcher to yeah. get Subnautica. Logged in and it told me I had the wrong password, even though I could log into the website with the same password. Updated, restarted it. It went. Oh, there's an update for the launcher. Update yeah. the launcher my password returned a weird fucking error that had no description on it like uninstalled the whole thing reinstalled it from scratch and it was like oh this is totally different yeah here's a whole new like i hadn't installed that since i tried unreal tournament oh like, yeah um okay so yeah there's there's some so stuff here what did we do with the important news um man i think the epic store stuff is important i think it's really important especially um, for the future because yeah. like competition is just gonna drive Totally. more and more like innovation or fights or whatever but it's all i think the the fact that there is an epic store now is at a benefit for consumers which is right always now. good yeah. right now it is yeah. um so we'll see what happens in the future yeah but. i mean there are, there are still some things with the epic store that like team have at least got or did at least i mean they've burnt out most of their goodwill at this point yeah but steam have at least come out on the record and said things like Hey, if for whatever reason Steam goes away, yeah, we have a button we can hit so that everything becomes DRM free. Like they've at least handled oh, nice. those That's arguments, good. where, like, I don't trust, for instance, Activision to do that. No, yeah, I don't trust EA to do that. I trust Ubisoft a little bit to do that, but not much. Uh, like, they still use Denuvo. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, That's... exactly. Like, well, not not even that. Like, just for their store. Yeah. Like, I'm probably never going to buy anything on those store game specific stores unless i really have to totally yeah, yeah because i don't trust their they're like hey we're flicking this off now yeah so yeah i but mean you're gonna have to when you to, get the division to see what two, happens yeah. when there's another huge yes store up there will be, be interesting to see um as much as i like the cyberpunk reveal that's like that's just, that's just game us, trailers yeah that's just our that's just that was i just, it, I just that was exciting it. rather yeah. than important um, I think the Telltale stuff was has kicked off such a huge conversation. The Telltale stuff or the Rockstar stuff? I think both have, but yeah. like the Telltale thing was like such a shock. Sure, yeah, that yeah, bubble. that's fair. And like a lot of the stories around it, and like how this is gonna happen, how it's such like a case. 
in point and then it also brings in like gamers entitlement and it brings yeah. in like all of this stuff that's, that's, yeah. that's ridiculous the last one like i kind of want i think the overwatch league is important but i also want to ha- highlight the arena net firings and i don't know how to cons- console the two of i don't think myself. i don't think the arena net firings is it's it's important but it's more about the arena net firings is more about shining a light on people yeah and being like this is a bad thing you've done yeah and people not seeing it yeah that doesn't mean it's important news it was just a bad event that happened but i mean it was important news to to watch like to know that to highlight that that this is a thing that people sure and that we need to not so the the argument i would have is that i think that the plagiarism on ign i don't think that's as important i think it was just a weird blip that but it kind of came out of nowhere sure but it is still a bunch of reviews on like one of the most prolific video game sites have just disappeared have just disappeared and are now people are being forced to work on that again for really old games and it's just a weird situation i don't like there's no i think for all of these there's like there's something about how this changes the industry. Yeah, sure. I don't think that's... I mean, I I think it was just this bizarre moment in the industry, but I don't think it's going to change anything. Yeah. Like, and I I think it also resolved well. I would actually almost... I would actually almost be tempted to put both Telltale and the Rockstar stuff up. Okay. Because they're... They're they're similar things, but they're part of such a larger discussion. The Telltale thing was, like, such a... Like, textbook definition of, like, my union biggest yeah. thing and the rockstar thing is like here's the story of you look at you look at that story and you look at red dead and you're like that's a game that has to come from this studio because this studio yeah. still feels like this studio has not changed culturally since Jesus felt like where like no we're building we are we are hitchcock we are spielberg we are building yeah. our thing yeah. And like people want to come work with us, and of course they're going to work hard because they're working on Rockstar games. Yeah. And there was like there were moments in that the 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 prior piece of like no people come and do this because once you've shipped a Rockstar game, you've got a golden ticket to go wherever the fuck you want. Sure. Yeah, which yeah. is true. Yeah. But shouldn't be true. Because yeah. Yeah. I think those are the I think those are the three. Yeah. I would like to say like again as a man who does not care about esports, the Overwatch thing was super exciting. Yeah, it was like I I feel le- I feel like the Overwatch stuff would have more impact if the Overwatch League had gotten bigger. It did well, but it didn't like go into our dad going, "Hey, what's this no, Overwatch no, no, thing?" No. Like, but I think it was was the other thing about it was like it felt like there wasn't. And again, I don't know how much of this was like whether this was all there was backroom chatter about this or whether there was like stuff I didn't hear about. But it definitely felt like it was the most. It wasn't marred by like the kind of petty infighting that you hear in a lot of esports stuff. I mean, that like, did happen, but like, but like between individual people and like people calling out racist terms, like the whole. I mean, time. there there was a very prolific guy who got booted off a team for saying some really Real? dumb shit. Okay, yeah. oh, okay, <laughs> never mind then. I um, can't remember exactly what the dumb shit was, but it was some really dumb shit okay. that he did say and get kicked off the team sure. for. But yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, yeah, like esports is still esports. Small steps, but it definitely feels it's a step in the right direction. I'll give you that. Even even if it's just structurally, yeah, be like we've we've 
seen some of the problems that D- Dota and League and things like that have had. We're going to solve them in very yes. specific ways. Yeah. Like, we're going to give you teams. We're going to give you... We're going to integrate into the game. Yeah. These teams and all this kind of stuff. We're going to build some of the game around it where it's like, here's this season's League in the client. Yeah. And all this kind of... Like, yeah. I think that's... I think it's cool, but I, I don't think it's the same as these three. So... <laughs> this is... So that I think it's too early to call the epic story. Uh, yeah. I think it's like I, I I think you're right. I think the the effects of this are longer. We, we'll come back to this this yeah. time next year. I think of being like, okay, how did I actually do it? And I think the the Rockstar hundred hour work weeks thing was so big. Like it took on a world of its own. Yeah, like it got mainstream. Like there were. The news picked it up and And it was interesting as well to like it, it highlights so many different areas of, of of where watch like it was it's a weird situation, right? Because like if it was anything other than a Rockstar game, it would be interesting to see how that would affect yeah. the actual sales of the game. Yeah. Like you put a Rockstar game, of course well it's gonna sell can't millions then yeah. can't then there's there's no point in like because there's a whole conversation that i had specifically like which was like do i even buy this game if i don't agree with the way it was made like yeah, what is the yeah. what's the thing i do and then you talk to people and it's like no no no, you need to buy it because people have put their literal heart and souls yeah, into it like they've worked you need hard to support that if you're not supporting them because of course they're going to be fine yeah and all, all of that kind of stuff it was it was such a big thing yeah and has such ramifications for like like that people can take this and go yeah let's not have this happen again it shined a light on something that needed to be shined on so the only thing that's possibly pushing the telltale thing above here Hmm. is that i don't think rockstar is going to change like i don't think it has any future effect on a rockstar thing i don't think the closing of telltale is going to stop developers from closing suddenly either no but it's that was such a focal point of like here's the Here's literally the worst thing that can happen in the show. Yeah. And the fact that it's such a teaching moment as well of being like, no, these people have got literally zero protection sure. for yeah. this. Like, we can say all we want about Rockstar and how they work. Rockstar don't care. Like, Rockstar are like, well, we're going to put out GTA 6 and get to make million. Like, fuck you. Like, there's such an inherent fuck you attitude in that entire yeah, studio sure. that I don't think going back to them and then saying like, you realize all this is kind of fucked, right? Yeah. They're like, well, we're rock. Like already, yeah. like they've said, like the even- answer is always going to be we're rock star. Though. Like again, like even the riot stuff this year. Oh yeah. Where, like initially, when that the big again the big Kotaku piece went up about the internal workings of Rockstar yes. uh, Riot, Riot, yeah. and Riot were like, oh, okay, yeah, right at least made allusions to dealing yeah, with it. Yeah, they put it like a whole website and yeah. And like their first allusion being like, oh yeah, we've put our CEO, CEO on two month administrative leave with pay and you're like, well, you tried. That count, yeah. But no. Like at least there was at least some visual effect. Yeah, Rockstar like, didn't really do Ro- anything. And again, like Rockstar are so media silent for this, this being one of the reasons. Yeah. We're not going to hear anything about whether this affected anything until... Fix yeah, true. Or Billy Two or whatever the fuck the next game is in yeah. four years. Table Tennis Two. Yeah. Table Tennis Two. Yeah. 
I haven't seen my child in three years because of table tennis. Ah, uh, to get the ball physics right. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't quite ping the right way. Horse testicles. I know. I just be like, how did I work these branch brackets, but horse testicles? I needed to work on the scene where the ping pong shot that guy in the head. Exactly. Yeah. No, the, the, the narrative. So are we saying that, are we saying that the closure telltale is the most I think, important? I think it's the most. Ah, uh, yeah, that's, I would agree. one to focus on. Yep. That's probably fine. Um... With the Rockstar 100 work weeks debacle, and uh, I really should have put this fucking Smash Brothers beef on this list just so I could talk. Yeah, about you it. told me about the, the, the Smash Brothers beef. Idiots. I mean, it's, it's it's dumb beef. People being babies. It's a fighting game. Like that's yeah. a kind of is. Yes, Telltale. Yep. Um. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cyberpunk was still fucking exciting. It was a really good, yeah. So, last two categories. Yeah. Uh, we have best soundtrack. Uh, two categories and a, dis- a small discussion that oh, we need to we have. Count- are we counting that other category? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, two categories and a small discussion. A minor discussion yeah. that needs to be had. Um, so this is the best soundtrack. Brought so- to you by your friend of mine, DJ KK Slider. Oh, sorry. Yeah, is he <laughs> sponsored by... This is sponsored by KK Slider. Of course. Um, so this is, in contrary to our original track, this is best body of music. Overall soundtrack. And oh, can include licensed can. stuff. Yeah. Use, of, there, use of music. Use of music. Normal music. Music itself. Yeah. Um, All encompassed into... So in here we have... Uh, Yoko's Island Express, Red String Club... Turn of the Obra Dinn, Nino Kuni 2, Celeste, Lethal League Blaze, Red Dead Redemption 2, Oxpath Traveler, Far Cry 5, Pillars of Eternity 2, Delta Rune, Into the Breach, yeah, Into the Breach, Graveyard yep. Keeper, and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah. Question yep. Is Delta Rune a game? Kind of. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> it was. I asked I ask yeah. that specifically because, like, it's not a game on its own. It's no, like a it's trailer a for... chapter for a game. Right. Okay. Um, okay. I mainly just wanted to give it a name check because, like, it wasn't gonna win, but like, Toby Fox Toby Fox fuck killed it again. Okay. Like, he he is real good at making soundtracks. Like, okay. but yeah. Um, Yoko's Island Express is a lovely soundtrack. Great soundtrack, and also, you want to talk about use of music? Like, mm. music is in every part of that game, and kind of. Feels like it influences large parts of that game yeah. as well. Um, it's it's a guy, the rare guy that did all the music. Grant Kirkhope. Thank you. Yeah, I think he's involved. Oh really? Okay. Uh, no, wait. I may have totally made that. Yeah, I don't think it. It's, it's, it doesn't seem like a Kirkhope soundtrack. It's Kirkhope esque. Kirkhope esque. Yeah. In its in its um in its expression and like there like there's a, some variety in there as well and like yeah. I said, that final jazz track that we talked about in in yeah the the idea of like the final villain of a game being jazz is a kind of a cool it's idea conceptual. yeah it's, it's a cool idea um registering clubs that i've talked about in a bunch of stuff like that just it fits that world so well and yeah. really affects a bunch of the scenes in there um, Oberdin is there for mainly use of music. Yes, because that that little the the two note violin yeah. thing whenever you like cut out of a scene yeah. is so when you cut out of a scene and also I, I noticed this I, 
they don't talk about it ever, but I noticed it. So you know when you've got stopwatch out and you're zooming into a body and yeah. the screen spinning in, if you hit the other trigger to cancel it. Oh yeah, I did that accidentally. And yeah, it bounces back. Again. I did that accidentally once. Yep. It was. I, I did that a bunch of times to make sure it wasn't just a. No, look. it's a thing it can do. Um, and that the the music that plays while you're in a. Uh, memory or a vision or whatever is also like the other the other part of it for me was the tutorialization of the book where it's it does the same thing that kind of um the, oh the little the boom yeah boom, boom, so it does yeah. the same thing that papers please does where it kind of like cuts off parts of the screen to show you a section yeah and it'll do that with a couple of notes yeah. as it moves around and it's just, the whole thing is very musical yes yeah. it uses its music very well its and music it, is very sparse yes but it, but uses, it uses it well. well yeah i think is why it's there uh, Nino Kuni 2. Oh, it's just lovely. <laughs> it's just, the soundtrack is just, it matches everything so well. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's full of the, like, like the, with the track that we were talking about with the original song, that, the overworld map, it's all very light and very airy, but does, all does go, filled with whimsy. It's a lot it go of, beyond, like, a RPG soundtrack? I mean, every not really, but but every like area has its own individual theme that right. are like fitted to the environment. So like when you go to the the gambling city that I can't remember the name of, that's all like Asian inspired, it yeah. has that kind of spin on it. Right, right. Um, but it is it is like a JRPG soundtrack. Okay. It's just it it fits. It, it it seems to use more like uplifting strings and like swelling to kind of get this kind of whimsical upbeat yep. nature. There's nothing really bad happens in that game. It's all just very, like, minor roadblocks that your plucky little band of right. kingdom makers all have to overcome. You and Lofty. Yeah. I love Lofty so much. We had the best character category. Lofty. Lofty was just great. Your little Welsh pixie is so good. <laughs> great. Um, Celeste, that's yeah. Lena, Lena Rain? I can't remember the name. But, um, yeah, sadly it's a game that didn't really click with me so I didn't play much of it. But I have listened to the soundtrack a lot. The soundtrack is great. Um, in a rain yeah really really good uh mixes between kind of your your typical chiptune 8-bit stuff with some really good orchestral stuff yeah. really good acoustic guitar stuff so is it a good soundtrack my entire soundtrack? exposure to that game was watching the speed run at games done quick this year. yeah um and even then like the sections where you're getting chased by your shadow self yeah the music in that was really good yeah like just the the, the drama behind it was it's a very, very good soundtrack. Um, Lethal League Blaze. Oh, that's just a great... It's a really good collection That's just tracks. a great electronic R&B grind out, like, album yep. that just plays over the top of just some amazing a dramatic lot, music. I think a lot of people have tried to be Jet Set, yeah. and that's the first one that succeeded. Yeah. They've got it. They, they, they're so Jet Set, they got the Jet Set guy to do a song. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, it's just this great mix of electronic music and like drum and bass stuff and yeah. that all fits the general theme of that league of legend the league of legends lethal league <laughs> thing yeah. of just kind of like this backstreet game that these kids all play underground yeah that kind of is just a great and it is even isolated from the video game just listening to it as an album yeah. is it's, great it's it's silly in the best way mm. Like it's ridiculous. It's the, 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 the way I sat and thought about it. The way I thought about it is that it, it knows exactly what it is, yeah. and it revels in it. Yep. It's just so joyous and cool. Cool's a word that is like I mean the literal meaning of yeah. cool yeah. when I say that. But yeah, stylish, very stylish, a stylish album and a stylish game. Um, Red Dead. I'm, I'm, 
I see where you're going for with this. Like, so the, I really liked the soundtrack. In the, this. Sound, the soundtrack is used really well, and the soundtrack <clears throat> is really. It's not what you expect. No. So it's not just the kind of like. It's not just the two Western tracks, because, like, there's. There, even in early on, like, there's definitely. They've taken the Western feel and. And. Um, Modernized we've been, it. We've been talking for a while. Yeah. What's the phrase for. Um, score i don't know what you uh compose thank you it uses modern composition yes it does it still uses old yeah it uses the typical sort of like heavy reverb guitar like slide steel guitar thing but it does it over the top of like overdriven rock guitars some synth work like it it modernizes that sort of idea but it's still very it fits very well it's still very western inspired i also need to hear that track the, the, the unshaken the Mexican song. track yeah, yeah that is Mexico track it's powerful especially when they when they flip it back and they play it again at the end yeah it is it real powerful um, um a lot of really good stuff in that soundtrack um Octopath so that is that's the soundtrack I've listened to most this year really? um because it is is it, it's a realisation of that idea of let's take these old JRPGs and bring it forward into the modern age which is an idea they've said before in something like Bravely Default. With the soundtrack in Bravely Default, they gave it to the absolute mental case that is Revio, and he did his normal rock opera craziness yep. with it, and it was awesome, don't get me wrong. But with this, they gave it to the composer and said, we need something that sound. It's like when you were a kid, how you thought the JRPG soundtrack sounded right, like. got you. So they, they, they made a lot of painstaking and I've listened to interviews with the composer and stuff like that where it's a lot of effort was into like we need to make sure that all of these songs have really powerful melodies. That's all they had back in the old days yep. that they then built around the melodies uh-huh. that lead into just like I say it's like when you sat down and played like Final Fantasy 7 or like 6 or something for the first time. Yeah. It's how you think that they sounded when you were a kid. Yep. Okay. And it is and it's so powerful when that happens because you see all these like really powerful melodies that are backed up by entire orchestras, like big string sections, big drum sections. And you heard it with the like the the second act boss music and stuff like that, where yeah. it's more that they have this really powerful melody where it's all based on these high strings, but yeah. everything else backs it up with like really big drums. Yeah. And I like the idea of it being like the the soundtracks you remember from those mm. games. That and it totally is, like- yeah. Um, Far Cry. Did you play Far Cry Five? No, I listened to the soundtrack a lot though. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, is it the all kind of that? So there's a, there's a flip between the stuff that is on the radio, which is all like weird gospel stuff that has that spin stuff like yeah. that song that we listened to in original. Is track. like narratively speaking that being broadcast by the cult? Yes. Okay. So they've taken over the radio station, and that's what's being broadcast. The actual normal soundtrack in it is just fairly stereotypical. Okay. I just wanted to highlight it for some of the stuff on that weird uh, cult radio stuff okay. is actually really powerful I mean, and yeah, really good. I mean, yeah, that song we got yeah. earlier was real good. Um, Pillars? Just, they made their own sea shanties. Is it just the sea shanties like, for you? <laughs> like, the, the, the rest of the soundtrack is like your fairly typical CRPG stuff. Right. Like, it sounds like a fantasy soundtrack. But the fact that they went to the effort of writing multiple sea shanties... They're not easy things to write because they're supposed to be like work songs, so they have to like have a very specific like beat and yep. cadence. But they made their own sea shanties, but also made it 
so that the lyrics are from their world. Yeah, I liked when you said when you said that. Earlier. As opposed to just taking sea shanties from our world that would work. They wrote their own. So like the one that we listened to, the Roll Barris wheel, is like talking about the cycle of reincarnation in that world. There are other ones that talk about like different cultures in that world and like the different islands of the Deadfire archipelago and it's just really clever. Like it was, it was, it's a small little thing that I thought was really great to put in a soundtrack. Totally. Uh, into the breach. I'm surprised you didn't talk about this. I mean, it was I didn't I didn't click with it as much as everybody else did. Oh, did you because not? Okay. I think I beat it too quickly. Oh, okay. Like I beat it. I think the fifth time that I played it. Really? Like got all like the way to the islands. end. All four islands beat the boss. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Didn't really. I I get why people are yeah. just a really impressive thing. It just didn't click with me. Soundtrack on the level of FTL of like that. It's got the right amount of tension in it to match the situations, but it is very ambient, which is what you want when you spend a lot of your turns in your own head, just really carefully planning this stuff out. Totally. Um, but it is, it's really good, but it is a very ambient soundtrack. Okay. Cool. I mean, we've had soundtracks on here before that are like that. So. Yeah, totally. The FTL soundtrack was like, on. I, it's, it's weird like to take a slight detour from soundtrack. Like mm. I'm looking through some of the games we talked about on here, yeah. And there are a lot of games that I'm now looking at that are probably in like my top five or in this like list of everything we've played. Yeah. That like I don't know really what category they would fit in. We're looking like an into the breach. Yeah. Even if we thought that was the best game ever, like we ain't gonna mention that till game no. of the year. So th- like I need I think one of the things we need to work on for next year is like how do we get like a mechanics category in there? Sure. Like, I don't want to just say okay. best gameplay because that's so yeah that's wide. everything. But yeah. there's something there's something in there. I don't know. Where. Sure. Um, graveyard keeper. I just, the, it's just, again, it's kind of like Into the Breach where a lot of the songs are pretty ambient. They just stick in your head really well. Right. Um, I suppose you spend a lot of time with them. When you're when you're doing all these, like, fairly not monotonous tasks, but, like, you're getting into a schedule and, like, a rhythm, totally. the songs really stick in your head, especially I, when you, like, go from, like, day to night yeah. and you recognise that. And it's Like, the two, three hours I spent with... Um, Stardew Valley was really good at that. Mm. Where, like the morning track changing. So yeah, the Stardew Valley is a lot more expansive, where it has like multiple songs per yeah. season and per. Yeah. But the, the this does the same thing that yeah. the Stardew Valley soundtrack does. Smash Brothers Ultimate feels like it's cheating because it has every soundtrack. Well, ever. so here's the thing, right? So it has like every soundtrack ever, yeah. except for Final Fantasy because I don't know why. Right. But licensing, I assume. I guess, but they do original remixes of a lot of the stuff right so there's like a like there's a Mega Man 2 melody that is oh, really? done by the super smash brothers orchestra oh really that is really good i need to hear that yeah which is and they do a lot they, like, they do remixes of like vampire killer from castlevania and a right. lot of, they they do the effort it's not just then collecting the yeah, soundtracks yeah, yeah. they do the effort okay. of remixing a lot of this stuff Fair enough. it's really impressive and like the the standout for me is like they took the the Smash Brothers song, like the theme to Smash Brothers yeah, that yeah. everybody knows, or people who yeah. play Smash Brothers know, and then just went full orchestra with it, right. and it has like full massive brass section, big like percussion bits that just make that it goes from like the melody that everybody knows to this grand, huge, you're ready for a massive stage fight kind right. of thing, and it's great. And they give it lyrics as well, and That's cool. they, could, they do a lot of work with the soundtracks okay. that they have. Fair enough. So it was, I thought, I thought it was very impressive. Um, I also added X Punks on the end of this. It's a really good soundtrack. It's a really good soundtrack, yeah. and the thing that surprised me as well is that like 
there's a bunch of tracks in there that are like only a couple only used in one level yeah i like there's the 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 track which has a russian name which is only used when you're like doing one of the the russian um i think it's a bank level or something like that yeah but also like the fact that you spend so much time with that soundtrack while you're just staring at the screen trying to think about your next move and it doesn't get old yeah was kind of surprising to me like i expected it to um did i play that game probably okay you should oh i knew remember we were set up for here and i was like there's something i meant to put up as decoration yeah i couldn't i got the printed version oh you got the zines didn't you i need to show you them at the end they look awesome okay um okay so what are you feeling is important here octopath traveler really yes i think that it is it is a perfect execution on an idea that they had they've been having for a while where like things like i am setsna and things like bravely default where they were like let's try and do these old school rpgs again setsna was but yeah okay so Setsna, setsna they did on a very small scale and had a very specific idea with what they wanted to do with the soundtrack. Yeah. Bravely Default, like I said, they gave the soundtrack to an insane person and he yep. made it work really yep. well. This is the first time they've actually sat and went, let's make a GRPG soundtrack like we used to make, yeah. but how do we do it in 2018? Right. And they pull it off flawlessly. Is Octopath... Octopath isn't RPG Factory, is it? No, it's Square. Is it just it's Square? Square Enix, okay. yeah. They pull, um, they pull it off without missing a step okay. everything is great in that soundtrack okay um i'm assuming lethal league is up there i would like it to be up there if possible okay. unless I'm, you have any I'm, arguments i'm scouting through stuff i'm i'm kind of into here um if it were me i would say like i really like exapunks and i really like red strings yeah red, um, red strings for me is probably higher than exapunks but i'm gonna filter that out there the, the interesting thing is like like Oberdin for use, I think is very powerful. Very yeah. good. It's very strong. Um, but the thing of it is, so I don't know because I've not got too far into it. Yeah. Does it vary, or does it use the same things over and over again? Because they are good uses. It's, it's just if it uses the same it's stuff. The same things. Because the the music that plays while you're in a memory, well, mm. good. I think got a little old for me, even so they in the change small. Up. Okay, that's they fine. change up good, uh, especially and there's some really good moments as well where there's a particular chapter where you get it in chronological order and it does build. Yeah, like as you go through each chapter, each part of the chapter, it does build in really interesting ways. But like, again, for me, it's like it's it's use of it's it's them it's it's Pope it's Lucas Pope taking. The fact that the Papers, Please logo would jump into the music ding, ding. and blown that out to a whole yeah. game. Where, like, He's good with use of music. Yeah, like, every part yeah. of it just looks incredible. So how do you feel about Yoku's? I think it's good. I just don't think it it really fits that game. But I think outside of the game, I sure. don't think it stands. Okay. I, but again, I really like that end. That one track is yeah. great. And there's yeah. some really good... Just the music in it is generally very good. Yes. Yeah. And it, it it goes above just being good. It goes above just being average. Where like I noticed it, I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is a really good track." While I'm rolling this ball around, playing pinball, playing pinball. Okay. Um, so what do we think moves down here? Five years of Octopath, Lethal League, X Punks, Red Strings, and Overdin. Yeah. Um. It sounds like you kind of want to drop X Punks. Yeah, I I if I was to take between X Punks and Red Strings, I think Red Strings is probably sure better suited. 
Now that you've said, like, the in thing, like, once it's done... That it does it very well, it. but it is the same use. And I do like, I do like when you click the watch and it does the little two-notes thing. It is very good, but... When you're running around the end of that, or, the, or once you've got all the bits and you're jumping between memories, you do hear it a lot, though. Yeah. Okay, how do we feel about that? We've got Octopath. Fine. Red strings. Yeah, I'm okay with that. How do you feel about that is the I, question. Yeah, I think I think you've made a convincing argument for Octopath. Yeah. And Lethal League, I'm with you. Like, you'll get something that sounds like that. Mm-mm. Like that Big Nick track, I still listen to quite yeah. a lot as well. Big Nick track's great. The, the Van Gleam yeah, track Gleam. is really good. It's very, very good. Yeah. Um. So... I'm happy with strings in third. Mm-hmm. Which would you put as first if you had to choose? I mean, so it, well, it's not just me. Like, I don't know what. I mean, like, for me, like, I don't get... I personally don't get anything. I mean, like, again, I didn't play Octopath, but yeah. I played the demo. Like, I don't get anything from Octopath that's not... That's This sounds like a JRPG yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, that, that, that's totally fine, but that's exactly what it is. That's what like, it's trying so, to be. Yeah. I understand that. But for me, like, Lethal League is... Lethal League hits every part of this category for me. It's just like it's part of the style. Yep. It's usage in the game is good. Yep. It matches. It's good to listen to outside of the yeah. thing. And I'm totally fine with Lethal League taking it. Like I'm I'm okay with it. All of the Path was was for me. But it was I, I, I felt like as someone who has played a lot of JRPGs, yep. especially like a lot of like old JRPGs yeah. and stuff, hearing that and hearing them like do what they did totally. and pull it off was just so yeah, yeah. great for me. Like being able to put a a a, a square ass JRPG soundtrack out and it not just be average. Yeah. Is, no, it's uh, it's, it's cool. stellar. Yeah. Cool. That's Lethal League Blaze is our best soundtrack of 2018 with Octopath Traveler and the Red Strings Club. Yeah. Runners up. Yeah. Cool. I've realized that I need to go back and probably play Red Strings again because it was... It sounds like I should as well. It was going to be in my top five, but it sounds like actually the more I talk about it, the more it might be higher yeah, than I thought it was. Yeah, I, I should... I didn't play it and it sounds like I probably should. should play it. It's yeah. not huge. It's well worth a, an evening. Is it what, like three hours, two hours? Probably, but three yeah. hours. Okay, yeah, I can do that.